We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A super chat from Michael S. Thank you so much, Michael. So no IB. What school not say no IB? What school not Notre Dame this year had the most exciting recruits that you would be enthusiastic about, and why? Well, uh, Ohio State has a very interesting class in that I think their class as a whole is overrated because it's a very top-heavy class. But some of the guys they have at the top are very good. Jeremiah St- Smith is a stud. I mean, he is a, I mean, he's an outstanding wide receiver, and they've got a couple kids like that that you look at and say, "Well, that's a that's a heck of a football player." You know, some of the guys they have, I think, like Aaron Nolan being a five star, I think is ridiculous. Like I said, their class overall is is a little overrated. But Garrett Stover is a kid I would have loved to have had as the rover in this class. Would have loved to have had Garrett Stover. Um, you know, so so there's there's some guys like that that they got. I think there's their DB class is was pretty good. Getting Aaron Scott to me this year and Bryce West. I think Bryce West is a solid player, but he's a nice number two, maybe a nickel, but Aaron Scott's a guy that I really like at corner. I think he's a really good football player. So they got a couple guys like that uh, in their class that I like Ryan and had Notre Dame missed out on Kedron young and, and then had to settle for James peoples. I'd have been like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good back. He's a good player. I think Kedron young is definitely better, but they had a, James they had a class. Looked, James like, looked really good in San Antonio. He may have been the best back there, to be honest. But, James Peoples yeah. did. Yeah, he was, yeah. Really good. Uh, he was really good. Yeah, Edric Houston's a really good player. I mean, he's a really good player. So they they did have some guys at the top that I really like. Ryan, um, you know, they, they're a team that 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 I thought did well at the top because I think that um, they filled some holes that I think that they mm-hmm. had had in, in recent years. I thought like their whole line class, they got a couple overrated guys. I think Ian Moore's overrated, but getting him and the two Armstrongs, they're adding a little bit more toughness and length to their offensive line. I didn't love their, their, their class from the year before, but those are a couple guys that I would like. Um, I don't yeah. know if I could kind of point to teams. I think Missouri getting that Williams and Namari kid was, a, was a big one. He's a, he's a dude. He's a pretty good player. He's very good. He's um, very good. Yeah. 
Georgia's an easy well, just, one, right? Like Georgia's Georgia's right, a sure. stupid class. Sure. <laughs> it's really good. Well, they got a receiver that I uh, Miami Miami I think is is an interesting class too, Ryan. Because if you talk about some guys that I really liked, mm-hmm. again, my Miami's one of those teams that I look at and say, you know, do do I love their class as a whole? Again, I think there's some overrated players in it, but there's some guys in it that I really like as well. And there's one that's probably one of my favorite receivers in this class. Nikar, the kid they got from that they flipped from Georgia, just popped in my head when you yep. mentioned Georgia. I really like that kid a lot. Yeah. I like Nikar a lot. I think Zyquan, Zaquan Patterson's a really good safety. I would have been very happy with him in this class. Um, so they got a couple kids too that I look at them like that. Uh, did you ever watch that Jordan Lyle kid that they got that they flipped from Ohio State? He's yeah. a pretty good scat back kind of guy. He could do a lot of different type of things. He's a really good football player. So, uh, they're another one. I'm just trying to think. It's like some of the not obvious ones, like Georgia, Bama have guys that obviously look at. And Oregon's was nice too. Oregon's is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was there anybody that like Notre Dame went after well, that they got? Elijah Rushing. They obviously flipped him. Elijah yeah, got Rushing. him. Jeremiah McClellan's. I, I wasn't as high on him as maybe some other guys in the class. Aiden Braden Platt was a linebacker player. I liked a lot. Yeah. I like Braden Platt a lot. The, yep, Dakota Fields is a good football player. Um, let's see here. There was a I know there was a DB or was that last year's that was last they, year's they, they got they got they got the iffy kid out of St. Francis that Notre Dame yeah, offered the but Baltimore never got the traction kid. with yeah. yeah he's talented yeah yeah Dakota Kingston Fields Lopa. is not bad yeah yep. what'd you think of him I didn't see his senior film did you watch his senior film at all I thought he was a lot nah, just a I, I I liked his junior film though I liked his junior yeah. film Kingston Lopa. Yeah. yeah he's a he would have been reject, a rover project him as a rover apparently so. yeah. They graded him as a rivals graded him as a three star. I, I thought that kid had good junior film. Oh, here's a kid that I really like. I have no clue what position he's going to play, but Braden Platt is just a really good football player. Like, no clue if he's a linebacker. Is he a running well, back? I have no idea. But that kid's linebacker. a good football player. That's a good football yeah. player. He was good down in San Antonio too. He was really good. Yeah, Antonio. recovered a fumble in the game, right? So th- those are yeah. some um, a little shorter than I thought, I thought he was going to well. be. But he, uh, yeah. he's like a. He's a really stupid athlete, though. He's a really good yeah. athlete. So. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, that, that's a good one. Good, good, good job, Michael. That's a good question. Made you think a little bit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Archer 452, do you think Caden Proctor's comments are proof that Iowa tampered or is that blowing it out of proportion? What was his? I didn't see his actual comments. He basically said, you know, Iowa checked in on him halfway through the year to make sure he was all right, basically. See how he was doing after he struggled. And I'm like, you know why no one's going to report that or no one's going to try anything? Because they, Cause they know, like, once we open up, no, because once they open up that can of worms and they're going to realize everyone's doing it. I mean, everybody basically is tampering. So, like, if you're Bama, what are you going to say? Hey, that's not fair. They tampered. And, like, oh, really? Do you really want us to, to go down that road? Right? We uh, Let's talk about how many tight ends reported that you guys offered them a bunch of money last year, right? I mean, the Michael Mayer. We have on very good authority. They offered him a huge deal two years ago, right? Like, Tucker they Graff from South Dakota State. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, dude, you don't think you don't think Ohio State's reaching out to kids during the season? Yes, they are. They all, everybody's doing that. I don't like it. I think that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have the transfer portal the way that it is, Ryan, at the very least, you have to have some rules on tampering. You have to have yep. some rules on tampering. That's the big thing. Yep. And you're lying to yourself if you think that they were the only school that reached out to Caden Proctor as well. Ronnie 100%. Reeves, even though I understand high five, four stars are as good as five, even though I understand high four stars are as good as five stars, why can't Notre Dame get the top 10 talent? And do you agree that getting top 10 ta- recruits would change the perception about Notre Dame? Sure, it would change the perception, but I don't care. I, I, I just, I don't, especially in today's era. I mean, these kids that are top 10 guys, they're coming with baggage you just don't want any part of, in my opinion. Just not all of them. That's not fair to say all of them are, but like, guys, I just don't care about that stuff. I don't. Are you putting together, are you landing impact players? Uh, Do I care that Cam Williams ranked 32nd instead of 10th? No, I don't. Do I care that CJ Carr is going to rank 50th instead of 25th? No, I don't. I mean, Kingston just ranked 19th. I mean, how many linebackers are going to be ranked ahead of him? One? Yeah. None? You know what I mean? Like, look, I've said this again. How many How many players from the from the 2022 class are better than Benjamin Morrison? How many players from the 2021 class were better than Joe Walt? That's all that matters to me. Like, are you getting guys who can be elite college players? I just – I don't care where they right. are as rank, ranked as prospects. If you give me a, a Benjamin Morrison every year, a kid like with that talent that's ranked outside top 300, that's all I care about. It's like somebody asked me last week, Ryan, when Sean and I were doing a mailbag, why can't Notre Dame get top five to, can, five to ten cornerbacks to come to Notre Dame with all the success they've had? And I'm like, they have. Like Benjamin Morrison was a top five to ten corner just because rivals in 247 didn't say so didn't mean it wasn't true. They beat Jimmy Lake and Nick Saban for him. Right? Chris, I don't care what people rank Christian Gray as. There were not 10 cornerbacks in the country better than Christian Gray last year. And I'm a guy that wasn't super high on Christian Gray when Notre Dame first got on him. But his senior film, and then when you look at who he went against week after week after week, you're like, dude, Carnell Tate couldn't beat him. Aaron Scott couldn't beat him. Ryan Wingo Ryan couldn't Wingo. beat him. Like, you know, like the dude's doing it every week. So my answer is they are. It's just, but people don't perceive it that way, Ryan, because 
Rivals doesn't say so, or on three doesn't say so, or two four seven doesn't say so. And I just I don't care about that. Plus, the the regions where Notre Dame gets a big chunk of their recruits are just not areas where you're often going to find that kind of kid. You know, it's just the reality of it. So, but would it change the perception uh, to a degree? Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. Yeah, yeah, I can't deny that. It, including um, with like not even just fan perception, right? But like with other recruits, I just said do, dogs want to yeah. play with dogs, right? Dudes want to play with dudes. However, so yeah, if Notre Dame when I got the number three player in the country, like that's going to matter, right? I mean, sure. so sure. I mean, it, it 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 matters. It's just if you're if the product on the field is showing something that maybe the recruiting rankings aren't, then that's what ultimately is going to have the biggest impact. It'd be nice to do both to at times maybe, but I just I just don't care about that. I really don't. It's just it's also just so saturated right now because there's just too many recruiting services that are ranking players overall. Like you're just because everyone's just looking at composite and I get it, but like Kingston, who you just mentioned, is a five star and number nineteen player in the country by rivals, right? He's ranked in like the hundred I think he was ranked in like a hundred and something by like on three, I believe, or something like that, or twenty two four seven, like one of those. I'm just like who cares when you just have such a diversity seventh, Ryan. A hundred and sixty seven by on three. Yeah. Yeah, and he is not a fan of him or CJ. Right. Yeah. So, so there's just such a diverse opinion. Like, I look, guys. If Notre Dame landed Jadon Blair, for instance, right? If you if Notre Dame landed Jadon Blair in the 2025 class, I think he's a top 30 player in the country. I I do, truthfully. I just believe that. I think he's ranked by that as one service. But then there was at one point there was a service that had him ranked as a three star. So like, who cares? I I I could not care less. Could not care less. Not at one point, Ryan. Right now. ESPN ranks him yeah. as a as a three star right now, uh, you know, and, and Rivals doesn't even have him among their top two fifty players. And, and again, it's all it's somebody different every time. We think we think yeah. on three has some garbage rankings. Well, guess the only only group that has Jadon Blair even remotely ranked appropriately to what now, you think he's top thirty, top fifty for me. I mean, it, it's 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 splitting hairs, right? We both think he's a big time player, but nobody else has him ranked higher than one hundred seventy ninth. Other than on three, where on three is way off, in my opinion, on CJ Carr and Kingston. It's always somebody different. And it's just, I don't know, like some sites, I guess maybe they're better at recruiting other positions, but like I just, Rivals doesn't think Jadon Blair is a top 250 player. I don't know what to tell y'all. I, I don't know what to tell you at that point in time. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, let, let's, let's see, let's see what they do on the field. Um, yep. You know, let's see what they do on the field. Cause like, if it, last year, if, if Notre Dame would have signed AJ Harris last year, people would have been like, "Wow, like that is so great that they got AJ Harris." And I love AJ Harris. Don't don't get me wrong, but like, you know, AJ Harris didn't play at Georgia. He's he's transferred now. And when you look at his senior film, to me, it wouldn't be better than Christian Gray's. You know, if he'd have come to Notre Dame and played as little as Christian Gray would have played, he'd have left, just like he did. You know, and so uh, there's it's. In this world of NIL and open portal, it's even tougher recruiting top 10 to 15 players if you don't find the right fit because of exactly what we talked about. Like Chase Basantis is a perfect example. I said to you a while ago, that kid was going to look jump in the portal no matter what. If he didn't play as a freshman, he's going to jump in the portal and go somewhere else he didn't play. If he did play and play well, which he did for a freshman, he's going to jump in the portal and look for a bigger payday. Fortunately for Texas A&M, they ponied up and gave him more money, and he ended up staying. But that's what you're going to have to do. You, you know, and, um, uh, you know, you just you got to be careful with some of that stuff. 
if you're Notre Dame. I was pretty I was pretty shocked that he went back. I know money talks, but I was still very surprised right. he went back. Yep. Chase Bassanis. We don't claim we don't claim him in Jersey. Mike Reddy no. with the question. Smart. What do you envision the landscape of college football to be in five years regarding playoff, NIL, portal, pay for play, and conference realignment? Will the NCAA have any power over major college football? Oh boy, it's a big question, Mike. Man, it's a big, I, big question. I have no idea. I mean, we're at the yeah. point now, Mike, where I don't know what's gonna happen next week much less what's going to happen in five years. I mean, unfortunately, and I was talking to my dad about this earlier today, Ryan, I think the whole thing's just going to have to get blown up before it gets fixed. It's just going to have to get so bad that it's just like we have to start this thing over with, whether that's with the NCAA, whether that's outside the NCAA. I don't know what that's going to look like. They're going to need something catastrophic to happen, in my opinion, for this to change. ESPN's going to have to collapse and all the money's gone. You know I mean? that Something catastrophic is going to have to happen before they fix it because – the reality is, is you, you have you have too many people that just like I am. I am so sick of seeing lawyers tweet about how great it's going to be to make these kids employees. You don't have an effing clue what you're talking about, right? Because you're, you're going to be the same people bitching about. I can't believe they fired this kid, guys. Here's if you're in the NFL and you're not living up to your contract, you know what they do? They cut you. Is that what we want to bring to college football? Is that really what you guys want to bring to college football? Like, no, that's not what we're going to bring. And, okay, if you're someone who wants to make them an employee, then, okay, they sign a four-year contract. They can't transfer. Right? Yeah. That, that's that's no different than the NFL, right? You you, you can't just, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit out. All right, cool. You sit out. We don't have to pay you. We're not releasing you from your contract because we're going to make sure nobody else can have you either. That's what will be right. brought to college football. If you think it's a dirty business now, wait till they're made employees. And then they're forced to unionize. Wait till that happens. Like, hold on a second. You're just taking dues out of my paycheck, right? I got to pay this. I got to pay that now. Like, no, this isn't what I thought of, but that's what's going to come. And we said the same thing when the, when the transfer portal happened, like this is going to turn into chaos. No, it's going to be good. No, it's freaking chaos. When they brought un like un like structured NIL said, this is going to be chaos. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And this is going to, that's going to be worse, but it's going to have to be something really big is going to have to happen. Right. To just blow the whole thing up before anything gets fixed. Cause I don't, I don't think we have competent leadership. I don't think we have anybody that's got the stones to step in and do anything about it. The NCAA is cowards. They they feel like they're going to lose every lawsuit now, and so they're cowards. It's just the the now everyone's like every, every everybody in the country now feels like, hey, we get a piece of this. We get our you know, get our hands in this now, and I just I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because nobody is looking out for the game, and nobody really is looking out for the kids. All these people that are saying, oh. Make them employees. You're not looking out for the kids. You're either a not smart enough to understand what this means, or b you're just someone who realizes what you can make you can get out of this if they come and become employees. Uh, you know, because like, well, hey, coaches can jump every night. No- yeah, coaches can also get fired in the middle of the season. You want players to be able to get fired in the middle of the season, All right? You know, th- th- this whole coaches can do this and players can't thing is to me it's just utter stupidity. And such a weak argument. Well, coaches can leave whenever they want. Okay, cool. Do you know what happens when coach leaves? You got to pay a buyout. So is that what we're going to do? Kids jump in a portal. They got to now, you owe owe us money. You left, you owe us money. You got to pay the buyout now. Is that what we want? You're not playing well in the middle of the season. We don't have to pay your $3 million contract. So we're going to cut you. Is that what you want? Because that's what happens to coaches. Do you really want to live by that standard? No, you don't. 
you know, but it's going to probably come sadly. And how many kids are going to get completely screwed over before we fix it and then say, Oh, our bad, you know, if you can even fix it. So I'm actually very concerned about the future of college football. College football. I really am. I really am. But I do think eventually it'll get fixed. I just worry about what we're going to have to go through to get there. That's my big fear. Yeah. Ryan. It is. I have no idea what's going to happen in five years. Zero, zero. I, I, I think it's going to remain the same to a degree. I think it's going to get a little bit worse because we're going to see like oversaturation again a little bit because – like in the NFL draft space, it was it's great because we're almost out of the COVID year, right? But now we're getting players going back for extra years that we weren't anticipating because the NIL and they're getting bought out and they're right. going back to school. We had the lowest number of early entrants to the NFL that we've had in like 10 years, I think. There's only like 50 kids that entered early. It's usually 90, 110, somewhere in that ballpark. It's crazy, man. It's so I don't know. So the long answer to say this, Mike, is I have no idea. I just don't have any confidence that it's going to get better in five years. Like, it's going to be a long way down the road, I think, unfortunately. That's one of the things that I actually do view as somewhat of a benefit for college football, that some of these kids who maybe have in the past maybe went pro because they maybe needed to. I got to get that paycheck to take care of my family. Uh, they can be yeah. taken care of now. Some of them are just, okay, who's going to offer me the most? I mean, right, like Cameron Ward, that's different than what I'm referring to, Ryan, which is you yeah. know how I, you, you and I both know there's kids over the years that are like, I, you know, I know I'm not ready and I know I'm probably a day two or day three guy, but I can't afford to go back because I need to get that now because I got to take care of my my sure. my mom or my dad or my – I'm a dad now and I got to take care of my kid, you know what I mean? And, and where now it's like, you can stay in school. You can go get that degree because the school was going to offer you X amount of dollars and be taken care of. So, like, it's not all bad. And I'm a supporter. I think Ryan and I are both supporters of NIL in its in its yeah. correct form. But that's not what's going on right now. It's I think that's what's going on at Notre Dame and some schools. But, like, with a lot of this stuff, like, that's not what's going on. Miami did not get Cameron Ward because of NIL. They got Cameron Ward because of pay for, pay for play. That's what it came down to. And um, that's not good for the game, in my opinion. I, I don't think that's good for the game at all. Ida Benami says, what was the second best player for you last two year? Two best plays. Sorry. Who was the two best players for you? Or two best plays. Sorry. Who was the, what were or was the two best plays from last year? One on offense and one on defense. Oh, boy. Well, to me, the best one on defense was... I think it was a play that completely changed the season for Notre Dame. And it was the first Xavier Watts interception against USC. I think Notre Dame was reeling coming into that game, Ryan. You'd lost two or three. You lost to Ohio State and you lost to Louisville. You barely beat Duke. And you were closer to going 0-3 than you were to like 2-1 and or 3-0 and during that stretch. And you're playing Caleb Williams. They'd beat you a year before. There's a lot of... And, and then you just kind of come out in that first drive. You get that pressure. I think it was Javante had the pressure, right? I, I think it's who had that pressure on that play. I think it was Javante Jean-Baptiste. I could be wrong on that. I don't remember. Sails that ball to the tight end. Xavier picks it off and runs it back inside the five. I think that completely changed their season around. That would probably be my one for defense. Offense is – was a be- maybe oh, Audrick's oh. touchdown against NC State. I think kind of that, my, my- that sparked them in that game. 
not the flashiest, but I think the fourth and 16 run by Sam Hartman to win the football game yeah. against help win the football game against Duke would probably That's be number one. one for offense for me. Yeah. And it would kind of be for the same reason that I just said for the USC interception, right, Ryan? I mean, if you, if you don't have that, you've lost two in a row. Your, your season, you, you may collapse at that point in time. Lose two in a row, lose to Duke. And you go on the road it's the possible. next week, you're probably losing to Louisville. Yep. What, well, here's the thing. It's kind of like um, – I've always thought about that drive, Ryan, is what was the more important play, the fourth and 16 or 17 or the touchdown run? You say, well, it was the fourth down because that set up the touchdown run, but I've always kind of felt like Marcus Freeman was trying to play for the field goal there. And if Audrick doesn't house that, what's your confidence level at that time that Spencer Schrader is going to line up and kick that field goal? Mine was low. Right. At that at that time, yeah. at that time, but again, you don't you don't have that opportunity if you don't convert the fourth and the right. Fourth exactly. And yeah, you don't even get into that that contemplation unless you get that right. fourth and sixteen. Right. So yeah, right. Yep. I'll ask this one, Ryan. This is more for you. I'd be curious, actually, in the chat, you guys let us know what you felt was the best play, best, biggest, most impressive, whatever it is. What was the best play from the season? I'd be love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, Ryan, are you surprised with Will Levis's performance this year? I'm eating crow because I thought he wasn't going to be much in the NFL. I didn't think he was going to be much in the NFL either. So it sounds like Nathan, okay, but I didn't watch him. Nathan, listen to me, sir. Listen to me. We do not eat crow or talk in absolutes after a six-game sample size in the NFL, sir. We do not do that, okay? There are different trajectories to how players play. Some players get off to fast starts. Some players get off to slow starts. You don't count wins or losses or hits or misses in the first year of a NFL player. You don't do it. Because Will Levis, I think, had a couple of nice games to start his career, and I think he fizzled at the end, and I am not confident that he is going to be the guy for Tennessee long-term. I'm still not confident in that. So that is not neither a hit nor a miss on my part yet. We do not make hits or misses that abruptly we call that recency bias and we do not get caught into recency bias my friends because just look years into the future man things change things change very quickly last year i had a pretty high grade on jordan love i had a first round grade on jordan love last year you would have told me ryan you're an idiot you thought Mm -hmm. jordan love was good right i'm sure you had some people actually saying that to you on twitter oh no yeah oh i 100 had some people saying that now I look pretty good talking about right. Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked pretty dang good this year. I had reservations about Jalen Hurts. Last year, people would have called me an idiot. Oh, a guy would have won an MVP. This year, 15 interceptions, 20 plus total uh, turnovers. Mm. Let right. let let the let the career make those final destinations in the end. We will talk about that, okay? Cuz Geno Smith was another one, Brian. I like Geno Smith coming out of West Virginia. First 8 years of yeah. his career, I was an idiot. Well, last yeah. couple look pretty good sure. now. Look pretty good. Sure. Things change very quickly, man. There is no timeline or hits or misses. It is a looking back. Was that a hit or was that a miss? So, sir, you are not eating crow. You do not eat crow yeah. yet on Will Levis. You have no idea if Will Levis is good yet. You have zero idea yet. And nobody else. I have, I have a couple other things to point out about Will Levis there, Mr. Roberts, as, as well as I'm looking at this. And number one is he threw four touchdowns and zero picks in his first start. He started eight games. Well, nine games, but I don't count his last start because he got knocked out, it uh, looks like. Did he get hurt? He only threw six passes against the Texans. I'm not sure about that. Probably. probably. But um, 
in in those eight starts where he actually started and finished, he threw eight touchdowns and four picks. That means after that first start where he threw four touchdowns and four picks, the next seven games he threw four touchdowns and four interceptions. And in his last four starts, he threw two touchdowns and two picks. So uh, I would say, yes, it's definitely way too early. And he was a 58% passer. That's not exactly great in the NFL from what I know. And he had one, two, three starts where he was below 50. So, yeah, I'd say let's pump the brakes a little bit before we start crowning him as a success. But I, I think, Ryan, your overall point is correct. You, you've seen guys – Rick Meyer won NFL Rookie of the Year as a first-year guy. By year, yeah. what, three? He yeah. was out of Seattle. Mark, Mark Sanchez took the New York Jets to back-to-back AFC Championship games to start his career. I don't think That's anybody right. in this chat will say Mark Sanchez is a good NFL quarterback. He was not. That's right. That's right. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We had Ida Banami. How about Plies continually repping for Notre Dame? Gotta love him trying to get Dallas Golden to Notre Dame. It has been pretty cool to watch. So, first of all, I, who is that? Who is that guy? I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, Sean was talking about him. I meant to look him up, but like I know he has over a million followers, so like he's a uh, he's got a big following for whatever he yeah. does, which is I, yeah. I, I don't know who he is, but I, I I love that he's pushing for Notre Dame, but more so I love the why. Why is he pushing for Notre Dame? Because he's trying to challenge young people. It would seem to not rapper, just focus apparently. only on sports. Right. Focus on building up your entire self. And I think that's a good message because there's far too many young people of all walks of life and races and genders that that feel like, hey, this one thing is my path. Right. And um, build yourself up holistically. And that's what he's pushing with Dallas Golden is, you know, don't just don't just be about football, be about all of it. And he views Notre Dame as a place where you can do that. So. I don't know who he is, but man, I know Dallas Golden has recognized it. He has liked it, he's, retweeted he's it. He's a rapper, and all that. apparently. Okay, he's a rapper. So there okay. you go. Yeah. All righty. Never heard of but, him, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know a lot of modern rappers right now. But uh, I mean, I'll take it, right? Because it's working. It would seem, or at least it's it's one more positive thing that's working in Notre Dame's favor. Is what I should, is what I'm trying to say there. He um he was talking up for Marcus Freeman a few weeks ago too. Remember, we yeah. during the season. About, oh yeah. Um, supporting supporting them and that type of stuff and, and then some other idiot model. tried to get involved yeah who oh, we, yeah who we had to destroy but speaking uh, of bad yeah, quarterback coaches but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played one. my friend well There's played one. well played <laughs> ant vr do you think the wild west nature of nil i.e the lack of rule enforcement and the uneven playing field it has created cheapens the titles being won by teams willing to break the rules. 
Well, I mean, have we seen a team that's won by breaking one that way? And you, you said it earlier, Ryan, like, I don't think it's created an, as much as I hate NIL, I don't mm-hmm. think it's created an uneven playing field. If anything, the opposite, because you have kids picking Miami over Bama and Ohio state in Clemson and Georgia. You have kids coming to Notre Dame that honestly otherwise might not have come to Notre Dame if not for NIL. So I hate NIL the way that it is, but I think the one thing you can't say is that it's created another good playing field. I mean, the team, the two teams that just won the national championship, I'd be willing to, if you could, if you could like somehow find out how much money all these teams played in NIL, neither of them would be in the top 10. Neither. Like, probably not. I, probably I'd not. be willing to bet yeah. you that. And and yeah. so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that that NIL has created an uneven playing field. I think there's a chance that it could happen. Certainly, it, you know, you have that one team that just has that one off season where they just buy everybody. Maybe maybe they could happen. You know, they could do like the you know the Rams did, right? Is you know, just, hey, we're we're putting all our chips in the table, knowing that we're going to lose ninety percent of those guys next year because they're all draft eligible. Okay, sure, I guess you know if that's what you're trying to do. But I don't know that it's proven that it can work. Honestly, uh, at this point in time, I, I really don't. I mean, if anything, like I said, it, it, it's it's expanded the amount of teams that can like Ole Miss right now is going to be is going to be a much greater force next season because of the portal than they would have uh, been in the previous system. Would you agree with that, Ryan? With the guys that they've been able to get uh, through NIL, I think they've been able to get guys because of NIL that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win it all next year, but what I'm saying is maybe they play a bigger role in who does win it next year because they can maybe knock somebody off who otherwise might have won it. So right. I, I think the I think the whole Wild West nature sucks, and I think it's bad for young people. But the one criticism I have is not that it's it's actually leveled the playing field more than I thought it would. That's been the one thing I think I got wrong about how all this would impact the game is I just thought Bama and George and these teams are just going to go buy all the best players. And to a degree they have from some teams, like Vanderbilt basically is just like going to get rated every year. Like that's one school that's yeah. just, if you have a good player, he's going to go. Some of these other schools are at least more competitive on the NIL sphere. I don't think Vanderbilt does a thing from what I can tell. Cause they're every, every good player they lose every year. Yeah, yeah. That's hurt them, but we're seeing Kentucky get some kids. We're seeing, you know, and keeping kids we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some of those teams be able to hold on to some of their kids that maybe otherwise couldn't have, they wouldn't have in the past. You know, you look at Quinshawn Junkins, from what I'm told, Ole Miss was like, go. Like, they weren't going to play that yeah. that game with well, them. Their, so. their, their president was very honest about that, and he said something like, you know, we're not going to pay a running back big money. Like, that's just not going to be a thing we're exactly. going to Makes sense. Exactly. Makes sense. Exactly. Because so, I guarantee they have the Ulysses, Ulysses Bentley kid, who's the backup, who I guarantee – has probably similar-ish production to what Quinshot had this yes. year. This year, because it's more built upon scheme. Look, I think Quinshot's a good player, but I think that we're a little bit overvaluing him. To I mean, he has four point three yards carry this past year for Ole Miss. Exactly. Like, he's a good player. Is he that dude? Like, I don't think so, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a good running back, and and again, he's not he's not going to be the best player for 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 them, but he's a guy that they just told, like you said, told to walk. Uh, Ulysses Bentley had five point seven yards per carry last year. A, Their next running back. back was at six point six per game last year. So, yeah, I, I just his. I mean, you look at Quinshawn against Penn State, rushed for one hundred six yards. Great, carried the ball thirty four times in that game. Yeah. 
you know so uh, yeah i just yeah i don't i don't i don't see but i just i think that's the one thing i got right wrong excuse me about nil is i i the big schools aren't buying as many players as i thought they were going to buy yeah i think partly that's by choice I would also say NVR, like the cheapen the title thing. I mean, if if we're cheapening every title that a team has won by breaking the rules, and you're you're cheapening a lot of titles historically, man. It's not just the last couple of years. Like, right. been a thing. I mean, it's well, just more. Let's open not sit now. here and it's act like there's there. never been money thrown out around. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. The public knows about it more than the ones right. did probably, but like, it's it's been happening for the entirety of college football. Pretty and much. What's funny is a lot of the programs complaining about it the most are programs that benefited from it for years because they were the only yeah. ones that had the alumni base to pay this stuff under the table, right? Well, now it's like you know Missouri's throwing some money around. Oklahoma's losing their mind. How do we lose Caden Green? You know, he he got bought. That's both guys. You guys have been paying players for decades, yep. decades. And you don't believe me? Go watch the best that never was. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about. You know exactly what we're talking about. It's the Marcus Dupree ESPN 30 for 30, which is one of their best 30 for 30s, in my opinion. Uh, go watch yep. the Pony XS and you'll see, you know, the Trans A&M. This has been going oh, on Trans for A&M. decades, folks, decades. It's just yep. now it's just more out there. And here's the thing for me, Ryan. If you fix the transfer portal, NIL is not the thing that people – it's not the demon that we've turned it into, in right. my opinion. The problem yep. with NIL is that it can be used to just raid rosters. That My issue is not NIL as much as it's the portal, the open portal. That's mm-hmm. the issue. Fix that. And then all of a sudden things calm down a little bit. I truly believe that because now it's like, you can't just say, Hey man, you know, we'll pay you a million dollars to leave that school and come play for us. Uh, but I got to sit out a year. Then there's no value in right. that. There's no value in that. You may see like a quarterback here or whatever like that, but there's no value in that. And, and then that allows you to then monitor different types of rule breaking, which is more related to just the high school recruiting aspect of it in my opinion, which you're starting to see them do. I mean, Florida, Florida State, which is ironic because Florida's legislature passing the the laws that basically kind of cut the legs out from under the NCAA kind of got this ball rolling a little bit. And so I think it's kind of ironic that the first two schools, the first three schools that are just getting crushed by the NCAA, Miami, Florida State, and Florida. I don't think that's a coincidence. And um, you reap what you sow sometimes a little bit. You know, so, yeah, I, I think if you if you got rid of the, the open portal, this whole thing changes, in my opinion. I just don't know if, if you can undo that one, Ryan. That's my only my only fear. Uh, here's one I'm going to ask, Ryan. This is more for an NFL question for you. If you own the Buffalo Bills, would you try to target Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick? Your window for winning is closing. Why not go for broke and try to hire one of these guys? I would have interest in Jim Harbaugh potentially. I would not have interest in Bill Belichick. I understand why people would, and I don't. I actually think the Bills are probably the most optimal situation for him if their head coaching position came open. Because obviously, there's a lot of talk about the Scott McDermott stuff. Because I think that you can you can count on Bill Belichick having a cohesive attack, a plan of attack structurally, and you can count on a good defense. And if you put those things with Josh Allen, I think you have a chance of being a very good football team. Obviously, but one. Well, Belichick's older. 
I just don't know how long he's going to last. We're talking about trying to build up a team and being sustainable for year to year. I would try to go a little bit younger. I think Jim Harbaugh does have the the same similar recipe to what Bill can provide. Um, so I, if if those are my two options, I would go Jim Harbaugh. But again, we, we don't even know if Scott if Coach McDermott's going to be fired. Like we have no idea. I understand that there's do you, shortcomings. Do you and think I, they should make a move, Ryan? I mean, just theoretically. I mean, do you do you think do you buy that argument that hey, he's proven he can only take him so far? I I mean, sort of. I, I mean, I'd be open to it. Like if if I was a if I was the GM and if I was the owner, I would be doing my due diligence just with the first understanding what's out there, what's the landscape, and if we could do co- better than Coach McDermott. Because I do think that you might be in a situation where it's like Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago. Andy Reid's a great coach. But you would just kind of hit that plateau with Andy Reid as the Eagles head coach. Like you just, you probably weren't just going to break it through, right? Like that was kind of where you were in, were in that type of situation. So I would be open to it depending upon who your shortlist was and who was a guy that you really want to go after. If it was either one of those two options, I would opt for Harbaugh over the Buffalo, um, over Bill Belichick. But I just, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about sustainability, but again, if I'm a if I'm a, a owner and I'm just looking at this team that just can't continuously get over the hump of trying to win a Super Bowl, I, I would I would at least have my eyes open to possibilities potentially. Here here's my again have this is someone from who doesn't follow NFL that closely, but I'll just say this: sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because you're complaining about a coach that can't get you over the hump, but in reality, before he showed up, your pro your team was a choke for a long time. So sometimes sure. it's like maybe that's the best your organization can do right now. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But we've seen this before, Ryan, where teams have fired a coach who couldn't get him over the hump, and then they replace him with a guy that makes him suck again. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you, you, but but you would know, you just you be consistently? Be but would you like to consistently be okay and just not know that no. you're going to get over the hump, or uh, would you like to try to make a change? I mean, hundred percent. No, I mean, I'm I'm with yeah. you. My my whole thing is it's a double edged sword. It can maybe it takes you yeah. that next step. Maybe it's just this because we've also seen it with like the Chargers with Marty Schottenheimer, right? Like that was the big beef with with him. It's like you know, hey, yeah. he can't get you over the next hump. Well, what have the Chargers done since they got rid of Marty? Uh, uh, the Redskins when they you know with Mike Shanahan, right? Yeah. And Joe Gibbs, the Redskins were pretty decent during that stretch. And then they got rid of him because they couldn't take him off the hump, and the Redskins have been a joke ever since, right? I mean, so it's kind of like, you know, careful what you wish for. Uh, but then there's organizations that have made that move, and it took them to the next level, right? I mean, it got them over Worked the out hump. for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know? Right. And, I mean, again, it's it's not sustainable, but you got rid of Andy Reid, and you won a Super Bowl a couple years after right. that. I mean, it, it worked technically. Right. I mean, you have to sell your soul right. a little bit, but it did work. Right, so. right. Now, Andy Reid's gone on to win, what, two or three? How many Super Bowls has he won? Two? I think he's won two so far. I think two? Two so far. Yeah. Right? I so, so, I mean, it worked out for both to a degree. But, I mean, there's always kind of that it did. That notion of, okay, be, you know, like I said, be careful what you wish for, right? Are you surprised the Cowboys didn't move on from Mike McCarthy or not? Am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised because Jerry Jones wants a puppet as his head coach, and that's his puppet. So gotcha. I'm not totally Which is why but... he's not going to hire Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, basically, kind of guy. Oh, yeah, he would never hire Bill Belichick. Yeah, he would never hire Bill Belichick. Ida Benami, do you think if Notre Dame wanted to pay for play, could they compete with Ohio State and Miami money-wise? 100%. Yes. yes. Could they? Absolutely. If they wanted to, absolutely could. 
So very few programs that they would not be able to compete with in that capacity. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. There there are. I mean, look, guys, I, I know three guys alone that could basically bankroll Notre Dame's entire roster. You know what I mean? Of being able to compete with those teams, there's no doubt. Um, they're not going to do it, and honestly, nor should they. But if they wanted to, they could. There's no doubt. Yeah. Ninety nine problems with BK one. What's up, ninety nine problems? Some Notre Dame fans seem to be freaking out about Ohio State right now. I truly don't get it. They haven't been title winners since Urban Meyer, and their only big name transfer they got that I want at Notre Dame is Caleb Downs. I think that's a fair point because uh, I, yeah. I think the ninety nine problems may have commented on Twitter about this, or somebody else said something similarly. But when you look at the list of the the high profile transfers that no, that Ohio State has landed this year, the the money guys. Is there anybody out of Caleb Downs that you would even want off of that list? Like, I, if you're Notre Dame, I mean, it, look, I, this is they only have I six guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they were just all you know, just bang moves, I guess, if you want right. to quote unquote say that, right. whatever. I, I would say this about the whole situation, not any problems, and I, I said it a little bit earlier, but and I said it on Twitter yesterday. Ohio State is always super talented, man. They were really good last year. They were really talented last year. Are, are you either one of these quarterbacks going to be CJ Stroud, Ryan? Are either one of these right. kids going to be CJ Stroud at quarterback? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I think that you upgraded slightly at quarterback. I think that you have another good running back to go with your already good running back. Like, I, I think that you got a difference maker at safety. I think you did that. It might. But that still doesn't change the holes that I believe still exist on that team. And part of it is head coach oriented. Part of it is mentality oriented. And I also, I think if you were going to empty the bank a little bit in transfer portal, probably should have went out and got an offensive lineman or two. Like I just, I think that's well. And then the one lineman they got just got his butt handed to him by Michigan in the college football playoffs. Seth McLaughlin. You know what I mean? Like that's the only old lineman you went out and got was that guy. Like, my favorite was um, somebody replied to me and said, oh, if he, he could play guard. And I'm like, dude, he could play guard. He could play tackle. He could play center. He stinks. What do you want me to say he's, about it? He's, like, not he's not going to be a good very player. good no matter where he plays. He's not a good yeah. player. 100%. No, I, and, and like, look, Quinshawn Junkins is a good player. Um, you know, uh, Notre Dame didn't need a running back. Julian Sands, uh, uh, look, I think I think C.J. Carr is better than Julian Sands. That's basically who you'd be looking at. I mean, so to your point, Ryan, Quil- Will Howard, Notre Dame could have gone after Will Howard. They liked Riley Leonard more than Will Howard. And you know who else did? Ohio State. So, <laughs> oh, um, no. That was, that was the guy from the beginning. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the sarcasm there, Ryan. Yeah, um, yeah. It's beautiful. But, no, I mean, look, Caleb Downs would have been a big, big one. That's the only one. Yes. That would have oh, no doubt. That would have been huge. And that's huge for Ohio State. But to your point, Ryan, Ohio State always – is talented. They always have a top five roster in college football. It, it, yep. That that's Ohio State did not win it this year or last year because they didn't have a great roster. Right? They won it because they have a soft head coach that who, yep. who who's not really head. I mean, shouldn't be a head coach in my opinion. My favorite, like I, I've said this before. I have a love hate relationship with social media. I, I I hate it in a lot of ways, but there's also some things I really like. And the memes are my favorite. And my favorite meme that I've seen recently is the one where. They show that that Urban Meyer playing the video game, and then Ryan walks in. It was that whole transition of power between him, and he gives him the the you know gives him the sticks, and he's like, "Okay, it's yours now." And then the meme quits, and Ryan's like, and it's him driving a bus off of a cliff on a video game. It's like, oh, that's so great. The internet is great, and when it comes to things like that, but you know, he's still their head coach. Now, here's the thing: if Ohio State were to move on from him in the next year or two, whoever replaces him is going to inherit a pretty talented roster. 
There's oh, no doubt about that. But that that's, lines. you know, there's no Same doubt. thing with that's Penn State, man. Same thing with Penn State. If that ever comes open and James Franklin ever leaves for whatever reason, whether it's Penn State related or not, somebody's going to walk into a gold mine. They'll be like, what? There's that much talent here? That's crazy, man. Crazy. That's right. That's right. I'm going to respond to this comment. NIL and transfer screws the service academies. I I don't know if this is a a sarcastic comment or real comment. I'll I'll treat it as if it's a legitimate comment. Guys, the the service academy, I'll actually disagree with this because there's more high school. The whole point of this whole thing is that, number one, service academies are not losing kids that they otherwise would have gotten because of the portal and transfers. You can't just open it up and transfer if you're at the Naval Academy. It's a whole different set of rules. You can't just up and transfer if you're at Army. I mean, it's a different set of rules. And you're not losing kids. Well, we would have got that recruit. But NIL, if anything, Ryan, this whole thing of not as many high school kids are getting signed creates more opportunities, in my opinion, for the service academies to find players they go get. So I I don't agree that. and, And a kid that's going to the service academy is genuinely not going to be transferring for the same rule reasons that other people are. Right, you'll have the occasional Lohi Gilman who goes, and then they change a rule, and it's like, well, that's not what you promised, essentially. And I want out, and but you, it's just a different universe. And so, no, I don't think those things are hurting these service academies at all. If anything, if they handle it right, it could maybe help them a little bit because they can get some kids that maybe otherwise, you know, uh, they wouldn't be able to get. So. Yep. Poor service academies have a lot of a uh, lot of things that they need to work through to try to be competitive in football. So yeah. it's a little tough. Yeah. A little tough. <laughs> uh, real quick thing, USMA says uh, just joined. Any updates from Junior Weekend, or will they be saved to the <sighs> Friday show? They will be more so on the message board. So yeah. obviously, we'll talk a little bit about that at times during the week. But those updates right now are going to be from the Junior from Junior Day are on the board, and we have talked about individual players throughout the show. But I would encourage you, Ryan. You had what three? Three uh, intel pieces, two, two, three intel pieces on the board about uh, two intel about pieces, the junior yeah. weekend plus several stories. Actually, I got to go publish another one of your stories. I'm gonna have to to do here. You have a couple that are in the in the uh, the admin the that I got to go publish. Yep. So yep. we'll get those out there too. Also, so yeah, lots of stuff at IrishBreakdown.com, and then of course on the message board at boards at IrishBreakdown.com. We had a question from Nathan Milton. What happens with Al Golden at Miami? Oh man, it was just a, it was tough. It was tough that time. Um, Al, Go- so Brian, I remember when Al Golden took over Miami. They right after he got there, he ran into the issues with like the sanctions that were handed down. So they like limited some scholarships yeah. that he got and just made it a little bit difficult because he was actually recruiting decently early at Miami and then like just if, less. If I remember correctly, and, Ryan, he knew that they were yeah. going to get hit with sanctions when he took the job. But if I remember correctly, they got hit. They were hit a little harder, maybe than yep. people thought. Yeah, and that hurt. I also think it was a bad fit. I mean, he's yeah, a northeastern he's guy. He's a blue, he's guy. a blue collar northeastern guy. That's you know a little little rough around the edges in, in certain areas. And he was walking into a program that only honestly is just as an entire program, it's just mentally soft. Yeah, and and, and he's I a, just he's a, a bit, he's a builder. He's not a quick fix guy yeah. either. Like he's more and they like wanted a, a quick fix. You're four, exactly. like we'll get there type of thing, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I and mean, then he the did other the hard way at think... Temple, man. There were no quick yeah. fixes at Temple. It was no. like one and eleven, you know, slight improvement, slight improvement, and then eventually you get him to like a bowl right. game. Like it was, it was a slow process. The other thing that hurt Al Golden too, Ryan, is the the Miami unrealistic view of who they were. 
when he took over. I mean, if you really look at it, Al Golden was starting to build Miami. They went six and six in his first year. In his second year, they went seven and five and tied for first in the Coastal Division uh, that season. And they were on probation, so they couldn't like play in the title game. They couldn't play in a bowl game. They were not bowl eligible his first two years. And then in year three, they went nine and four that season. But at that point in time, there was so much just negativity. They beat Florida that year, by the way, who was ranked 12th at the time. But there was so much negativity around him that it was it had created a toxic environment when you combine with the sanctions had made it hard for him to attract talent there because it was by year three they wanted him out i'm like dude yeah. you he just built a team on probation to nine wins in year three like james franklin is still getting love for doing something similar at penn state you know what i mean and but the, the negativity around him because again he just was a bad fit for south florida uh just he was never gonna have a chance I mean, it's like Will Muschamp. Or I mean, uh, uh, the guy that was at Auburn. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. He's at UCF now. No, he's at UCF now. Oh, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Yeah, I know you're talking about. I can't. I cannot believe that I'm Gus Malzahn. That's who it Gus is. Malzahn, yeah. Like there was no way he was ever going to get Auburn back on track by 2018 because they were there was gonna there was so much toxic. Uh, around him with the the boosters and all this other crap that he just kept doing enough to keep them on, but he was never going to do fully get them back on track because they're just, we're never going to have the six recruiting success that you could potentially have because every year it's like, well, if I go there and we have a down year, he's going to get fired. And yeah. I think that's something that hurt Al Golden as well. Here's one for you, Ryan from Andrew Gilmore. Who would want the Titans job? They fired an elite coach and they have no QB. I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts on all of that. Uh, Andrew, I would say this about the Titans job. I think Mike Vrabel is a very good coach, but there were some times where a guy isn't the right fit at the right time. I mean, you look at that team. That team is getting progressively worse. <laughs> like they're getting progressively worse. They're not getting better. They're coming off of a couple of down years in a row. I agree with your premise that I think that Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. And I think he's going to land well on his feet here, and I think that he could be good in a certain situation. But I think that I think that Tampa. Need, I mean, Tampa. I think Tennessee needs to evolve a little bit. They need to change their perspective a little bit moving forward. They're not just going to be this gritty power running team and be able to you know play you know be that type of team anymore i think that they need to kind of go a little bit different it's similar to what we talked about like i think some guys just kind of hit that spot where it's just like is it going to get a ton better it doesn't make a team not a good coach it doesn't make a job not a good job it's just fit matters at the right time timing matters so much in the coaching industry so I think I think people will still want the Tennessee job. I think people will still want the Tennessee job. I think Tennessee needs to be very strategic with who they go after. Maybe a little bit more of a younger, offensive, innovative guy comparative to that like Mike Vrabel style, which is very defensive, slow pace. Like I think you need a little bit of a change. And Tennessee could get a quarterback if they wanted to in the draft. They can make that happen. They have a top ten pick. If they don't like Will Levis, if the next regime doesn't like Will Levis, they can figure that out, man. Whether that's move up a little bit to try to get you know, a Drake may, or if they like Jane Daniels and they want to try to make, make that happen as well. I think Tennessee could still be a desirable job. I just, I just not sure Mike Vrabel is exactly who they want to be or what they should be moving forward. I just, I don't think it's a meshing of identities that work right now. It's a little bit different. I'm going to ask you this question, Ryan, 
Can you really be considered an elite coach when you in six years you've had two years with ten or more losses? You've never been in the Super Bowl and you've been thirteen and twenty-one your last two years. Like, I mean, can you really be considered an elite coach with that resume? I mean, like oh, you no, said, good coach, coach, sure. Yeah. But and three of his six years, his team didn't make the playoffs. Yep. And uh they lost in the divisional game most recently. He's two and three in the playoffs, and his his Two wins were his first two win, his first two games in the playoffs. They won those two, and then they've lost three in a row in the playoffs. Yep. So I I, I would kind of push back a little bit on the they just fired He's him the coach. And, coach. And and I would argue that his style, from what I you know, because again I watch a lot of playoff football, I always felt like his style was always limiting. There's a, there's going to be a peak with his style. Yeah. In exactly. today's NFL, in my opinion. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.